I am Camille Johnson, and this is Finding the Floor. Stories and reflections of midlife motherhood, family, and finding meaning in it all. Join me as I share a little piece of my life and figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Hey friends, welcome to Finding the Floor. This is episode 89, and I'm just going to share a little Easter message. I have two points, one of which is about Kinsman Redeemer, which we'll talk about my second point. And the other one is from a story from Joseph in Egypt. But first, I really have been thinking a lot about my complaints this week. And I've had an opportunity to do a few different things. Like just this morning, I was able to go do some volunteer work and serve at the um, Cleveland Food Bank. And I just was noticing I was there. I They have this program where they put together meals for seniors and for um, I think they're after school programs. And so we were just making and putting together all those meals. And I just was noticing how I'm just, first of all, impressed with all the people that are there volunteering. And second, I'm not thinking about any of my issues while I'm there. I'm just, we were kept so busy putting together all these meals. I think we made over 2000 meals and it was just really cool and kind of like yes one of the suggestions was to just forget about yourself and go serve or volunteer I would say I think that is probably the most helpful to stop complaining and the other thing I've noticed is when you stop thinking about your complaints and then just look at solutions a really tiny example was I've just noticed this is really small, but I've noticed that there are these certain granola bars I get at Aldi. That's where I shop. Love Aldi. And they've been out of their like chewy granola bars. And probably for the past couple weeks. And yesterday I just had this thought, like, well, why don't I just make granola bars and see if my kids like them? And then I don't run out of things and then I'm not annoyed and that's a solution to just that tiny problem but it was just a better thought than like oh my gosh they're out of it again well what is the problem (laughs) so two things searching for solutions really is helpful and yeah just this this morning was really nice I'm so glad I ended up it was sort of a last minute thing and I ended up doing it and I'm going to try to do that one again. I really liked that type of volunteer work. And that is the other thing is finding something that you enjoy doing, like serving, volunteering in a way that you really like, because there's all sorts of things out there. So we just had a fun weekend, kind of a proud mama moment when my kids were in Hunchback of Notre Dame. My son Simeon was playing Quasimodo 
and my daughter was a gargoyle and part of the townspeople. I think she was almost in like every single scene. <laughs> there was so many scenes she was in and she had to change back and forth. And I just was impressed with both of them and just seeing them thrive and, you know, just grow and do really well. It's always just so fun. So that was fun and bittersweet. We're grateful it's over, but I know it's sometimes hard for them. Um, okay. So today is Good Friday. If you're listening to this when it comes out, if not, it might be after Easter when you listen to this. And I thought I would just share a couple thoughts about Jesus Christ. Um, I hope all of you know that I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And as it says in our name, that we believe in Jesus Christ. So I've had two reoccurring thoughts that I want to share. And I've been grateful for studying the Old Testament this year, each year as part of like our church study, we follow a book of scripture. And this year it's the Old Testament. And I remember this part after reading about Joseph of Egypt. So the story of Joseph, when he gets, you know, thrown into the pit by his brothers, then gets sold into slavery, and all the hard things that happen to him, where he gets accused by Potiphar's wife of doing something that he didn't do, then going to jail. And then because he interpreted Pharaoh's dream, he then becomes the second to the Pharaoh and is able to save all of Egypt. And one thing that really stood out to me this time when I was reading the story, and it wasn't about Joseph, it was something that Judah said. Now, Judah was his brother, older brother, and Judah's actually, it was his idea to sell Joseph into slavery. Okay, so then Joseph gets sold into slavery and all of those things happen to Joseph. And yet they are unaware of all those things that are happening. And in fact, most of them think that Joseph has died. Or they just don't know what's happened to him. So all that time, Judah sees his father, Jacob, or Israel, very distraught because of his son being gone. And it is really very cool, the change of heart you see of Judah later in the story. So when they meet up again, because Joseph's family all are needing food because there's a famine in the whole area. And so they come to Egypt because they know that Egypt has food. And little did they know it's all because of Joseph. And Joseph kind of gives them a hard time when they come back and I think it's a way that he's trying to discover what they're really like. Have they changed in the past 20 years? And the one thing he wants to do is get Benjamin back. He wants to see his brother, Benjamin, like his full brother. The rest of them are from the other wives of Israel. And so he wants to see Benjamin. He wants to find out how Benjamin is treated. And so he says, well, I'm going to keep Simeon here and you have to... Go back and when you come back, 
you have to bring Benjamin. So they convince Israel or Jacob to let go of Benjamin. And I think if you think about what has just happened to Joseph and Joseph and Benjamin came from, we'll call Jacob's his favorite wife. I mean, Rachel was who he wanted in the first place. Uh, well, that's a whole nother story. But um, so I guess Joseph, if you think Joseph and Benjamin were very special, which I don't think really helps the whole helping the, all the brothers get along. But that's another story as well. But so he's just really protective of Benjamin and doesn't want to have him leave him his sight because Joseph is gone and Rachel has died. So they convince Jacob to let them take Benjamin with them. And Judah makes a promise like, you can kill my two kids if we don't come back with Benjamin. So then they go back and they have like a good meal with Joseph, but they don't really know that he's Joseph yet. And then Joseph has a thing where they have the silver cup and it's in Benjamin's bag. And he's telling them, I am going to keep Benjamin here as my servant because of what he did. And Judah is just like, no. And he tells them the whole story. He's like, Joseph, his favorite is gone and he will basically die if we don't bring back Benjamin. And you see this real change in Judah. And he says to him, and this is, I'm going to read this from Genesis This is Judah talking. And if you think about it as if it were Jesus Christ speaking. Okay, so here it is. Now, therefore, I pray thee, let thy servant abide instead of the lad, a bondsman to my Lord, and let the lad go up with his brethren. For how shall I go up to my father and the lad be not with me? Lest peradventure I see the evil that shall come on my father. So two things that stand out to me in this scripture is, let me be the servant in the stead of Benjamin. I will take his place. And that is what Christ does for us. I will take the place of any sins you commit. But then I just love this next thought for how shall I go up to my father and the lad be not with me. And sometimes I think it's so we forget how much our heavenly father really loves us. And just this metaphor of, I will stand in your stead when you're having a hard time. If you have gotten into a difficult place. And because I want to make sure that you get back. And that is really what Christ's role is for us. To make sure that we get back. If you think of it, you put your name in for how shall I go up to my father and Camille not be with me. I just think it is so profound and just a really cool thought. If you can think about our Savior saying that, you know, how can I go back to heaven and not have all these people with me? These are all his children. So this is what I'm going to do. Because I really do believe that we cannot comprehend how much love our Heavenly Father has for us. And Christ making that promise and being willing to atone for our sins. Just that little phrase is really meaningful. 
The other concept I really enjoyed learning about, again, about the Old Testament, and this was from a podcast, this Follow Him podcast. And the guest was Jennifer Lane, who is from BYU and a biblical scholar. And one of her big research topics, this is the idea of a kinsman redeemer, which was a very well-known concept in like the Old Testament times and in ancient Near Eastern times. And so the kinsman redeemer is defined as a male relative who helps a weaker relative in danger or need. The person avenges in case of a relative being murdered via manslaughter, delivers, rescued, and in many cases, redeems property. And also, in some ways, can stand in and replace a husband when a husband has died. So it's the story of Ruth and Boaz. Boaz is Ruth's kinsman redeemer. He's related to Naomi because Naomi's sons have passed away, he is willing to take that position of being her husband and raising up seed. So that's part of it. Okay, I also loved this from one of her talks, Jennifer Lane's talk. She says, I also learned in my research that in ancient Israel, there was a special relationship between family members and redemption. In the ancient world, people who ran into bad luck or hard times could find themselves in bondage as slaves. Prisoners of war were made slaves. People in financial crisis could also sell themselves or family members into slavery. In Israelite society, however, the oldest male relative had a responsibility to serve as a redeemer. This kinsman redeemer had an obligation to family members to redeem them from bondage. Redeem literally both in Hebrew and English means to buy out of bondage. This social institution reflects the Lord's relationship with his covenant people. Because of our covenants, we are part of Christ's families. He is our Redeemer. As our Redeemer, he has paid the price, so we no longer have to be slaves to sin. The other thing I really liked about this idea, if related to Christ, because Christ is what we celebrate this weekend, his paying the price to get us out of the bondage of overcoming death, because he gets resurrected, and then the bonds of sin, he will pay the price that we don't have to really, if we're willing to repent, fill all the effects of the sins that we do. Okay, so I had a couple other cool things about the kinsman redeemer. Um, And specifically, it was kind of relating to the story of Ruth and Boaz. I'm not going to go into that story, but it had like four things that first the kinsman redeemer kind of call how how it qualifies in Levitical laws. So first, the redeemer has to be a close relative. And then second, the redeemer has to be willing, and which I think is so really interesting. So in the story of Ruth and Boaz, Ruth is the daughter-in-law of Naomi and her husband dies and but she wants to stay with Naomi and they meet Boaz. And before he decides to marry her, he says, but there's someone who's a closer relative and I need to find out if they are willing to take you on with responsibility. What I found interesting in the story is this particular kinsman 
who was a little bit closer relative, was willing to redeem Naomi's property, try to buy it back for her that she sold the property when her husband died. So he was willing to do that part of the kinsman redeemer. But he said, I'm not willing to marry Ruth. And so Boaz then took that responsibility. So it's just interesting how the nuances of that. But anyway, so they have to be willing is the second thing. And the third thing, the redeemer has to be rich enough to pay the redemption price. So you have to have someone in your family who can obviously in this situation, this one relative that wasn't Boaz, and it didn't say his name in the scriptures, he had enough money to buy the land back for Naomi so that she would be able to live a comfortable life. And then Boaz was, again, he was willing to marry her. And then the last thing, the kinsman was to continue the name of or get descendants for his relatives. So again, that's what Boaz does. It's just really neat because they value their family and having descendants so much. And that's something I value a lot. And I feel like the world is getting very far away from valuing family and and kinsmen. So I just love this concept of the kinsman redeemer, because that is basically what Christ is for us. He's our oldest brother. And as we're all disciples of Christ, or we all become um, believers of Christ, technically that adopts us into the family of Christ. So then he is able to redeem us. Not only that, but he was willing, even though at the very end, he asked for the cup to be taken from him. But again, he was willing to drink it and to finish the job. And then he, of course, is rich enough and he has the power because he is our savior to pay that redemptive price. And that redemptive price was his death. And he had to be part God to make it an infinite atonement. So it's just really a cool concept. So if you have a chance to look more into this idea of kinsman redeemer, um, or just think about Christ in that way, I hope that helps you as you think about Easter and really appreciate the symbolism in the Old Testament, how it was trying and constantly trying to point us to Christ. So today is just going to be short, you guys. I know it's Good Friday. I hope you have a wonderful weekend celebrating the resurrection of Christ and what that all means for us, that we'll all overcome death, that all of us, no matter what we've done, will be resurrected after we die, and that we have the opportunity to then live with God again because he paid for our sins. And as long as we're willing to repent and follow his commandments, that we too can live with God. And um, I'm just so grateful for his role in my life. Okay, guys, have an awesome weekend. And thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Okay, bye. you enjoyed today's episode. 
If you have any questions, come by FindingTheFloor.com, where I will have show notes and links for anything I've mentioned today. Special thanks to Seth Johnson for creating and performing the theme music. Come back next week, and thanks for listening. 